Welcome back to your favorite fan-made Cowies podcast. I'm joined with Stathead Grandy, my main man Chase, and our special guest. If he wants to introduce himself, go ahead. The floor is yours. Hey, guys. My name is uh, Haynes Evans. I am a writer for the Hockey Writers, and I also write for the Fan Sided. Um, I cover the Arizona Coyotes for the Hockey Writers. I've been doing it for the last almost two and a half months now, and I currently also write for Bleeding Blue's page on Fan Sided, where I cover the St. Louis Blues. And I have been doing that for about the same amount of time, and I'm happy to be on. Glad to have you, sir. Uh, boys, how are you two doing? I'm doing pretty good, Tyler, pretty good. It's been a relatively slow week around the NHL, but we'll get caught up here soon. What about yeah. you? Same here, man. Just, uh, you know, doing everyday life, working, hanging with the kids, doing all the good stuff. Um a little bit of a far cry from last week when we had what three episodes, boys. But uh, you know, this is definitely we knew it was going to be slow coming into this time. Um, not a lot of stuff is going to happen right now. Every the flurry, as you would call it, is kind of over. So, uh, but excited to talk hockey with you, boys. Uh, I'm excited to have Haynes here, and uh, let's get into it, man. Uh, sounds good. So, Haynes, you have an article. You wrote about actually kind of some of the things we've been talking about, I've noticed, uh, you know, how we're securing a bright future for the franchise. And we spoke before the show um, just about your general thoughts. So what do you think so far of GMBA's regime that pretty much started this year? What are your thoughts? I'm, I'm loving so far what Armstrong's doing. And, you know, we touched about it briefly before we started that, you know, not everybody's on board for what uh, BA wants to do with this team. But I think he's got that mentality, you know, he was with St. Louis prior to coming to Arizona and he knows what it's like to build a winning team. He built that team along with uh, Doug Armstrong that won the Stanley cup three years ago. And he knows what it means to be a championship team. So I think his mindset really plays a huge factor here and he knows what he's doing. And the fact that he's been able to acquire so much for so little so far and the guys he's brought in, I'm generally excited for what this team's future looks like. I think for once, the Kais fans actually will be able to appreciate a rebuild. And you'll finally be able to see a full rebuild that the Kais have been dying to have. I think for the last few years now, we've been dying to fully see that true rebuild. And I think for them now to finally fully embrace it and know it's the right direction to go in to be able to be competitive down the line is a smart step. And I think it's going to pay such huge dividends off in the end. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like you said, things like that on the pod. I think this is uh, truly the beginning of a plan where we're going to become the competitive team that we've just been dreaming about for three years now. And we'll be, thought we kind of were a couple of years back. Um, so just a quick aside, uh, we're all content creators, I guess we can call this. Uh, what is your, what's your process? How do you fight writer's block? How do you find content to write, talk about, things like that? So for me personally, when I get into an area and what I want to write, uh, my first area is to generally think about where am I leaning towards. I'm looking around at different areas. I'm seeing what other people are writing. I don't want to be the same guy writing the same thing for a different website. A lot of guys you know, will write very similar articles on two different sites, and I try to stray from that if possible. I really want the reader, when they read my work, to be like, this is new. This is different. This is something I'm not seeing on other sites. And I, I want people to see that when they're seeing my work. I want them to really get an idea that I'm I'm different. I'm taking the different stride. I'm going the extra mile on what I'm doing. So when I'm getting into that first area, I'm really looking at that. 
and then I'm kind of getting with my team and I'm kind of pitching ideas and I'm pitching titles and I'm, we're kind of back and forth brainstorming what what is best from that that I'm saying and that they're saying, can we take and make something out of it? And once we find that area, my best mindset is just to start writing. So many people get writer's block because they want to write the perfect thing in the moment when they're writing. And I think that's what stumps so many people. For me personally, when I'm writing, I like to just write it all in the moment, nonstop. If it's in my head, just get it on to the computer, type it out. And when I'm done, reread it. Really spend that extra hour and a half, two hours if needed, whatever time you need to really reread it, fine tune it, take some words out, add some stuff in. And, you know, and you want to make sure what you're writing is not biased. You know, that's the biggest area that we talked about before we started the show was so many people have reached to me saying, um, I'm too unbiased against the Coyotes and I really need to be more biased. And it sounds like I hate the team. And, you know, that's not my mindset. I'm, I'm not writing stuff to say that I hate the Coyotes. I love Arizona and I love the Coyotes, but I can't write something that's so biased that it just seems like a fan wrote it. I want to like an actual writer took the time to write an article that's not only talking about the positives, like the bright side of the Coyotes future, but also pointing out negatives and sides that were there, you know, they're not a competitive team. And as much as people want to say they were a playoff team two years ago because of the bubble, they're not a playoff team. We saw what happened against Colorado. And, you know, you just – you got to be able to be open and you really got to look at it from every point of view. You can't just look at it from one. If I may real quick, that was one thing because I've read the what you wrote for uh, the hockey writers and that was one thing that really attracted me to your writing is that it's not – biased i do really appreciate that it's one of the things i've always appreciated about craig morgan for the coyotes is for the most part he does have his biases and you see him from time to time Mm -hmm. for the most part he is an extremely unbiased person as well that's what i like and that's what i appreciate in my sports writers um no i i agree craig is is i've talked to craig morgan a couple times he's a super nice guy and you know he's an big inspiration i just want to throw this in real fast he's a He's a huge inspiration. You know, he's a he's a true class act guy. And what he puts out there is absolutely amazing articles. And, you know, he's exactly someone that I feel like if you want to get into writing firsthand for the Kaiser or whoever it is, I would recommend to anybody that you really look at his work. I think he just he knows what he's putting out there and he knows that he's got to spit the hard truth sometimes. And he just I think he does his job so flawlessly. Yeah, I mean Craig Morgan on his on his podcast, Craig Morgan is one of the first people hanging the table for a rebuild himself as the other guys on it were kind of well we can compete we can compete and it's just yeah the wheels fell off and it became obvious the further the season went along that no we can't compete um yep. just, okay. it's one thing, like i said i really appreciate that and I'm, i would like to thank you for that as a result but yeah it's what i look for and it's what i like in my writers Exactly. Yep, I'm on. I'm on the same wavelength as Grandy. I kind of touched on it with you before the show as well, Haynes. You know, that's uh, just kind of seeing. Um, obviously, you know what we what our opinions are on this pod. Obviously, we are fans first and foremost, and you know we want this team to do the things that we think it should do. But uh, you know, obviously, we did get excited uh, when we um, you know were able to be a part of the bubble. But you know, I mean. Not soon after that is when we kind of all started coming together and deciding to like make this podcast because I mean we all saw the holes and you know and then the next year GMBA's first year uh, it's like you know team kind of had a half Chica influence and then 
Armstrong tried to build, bring in, you know, a couple of his philosophy type players and identity crisis all over the place, just not very consistent. So, um, your, your writing is awesome, spot on. And, um, you know, I agree with Grandy, um, the bias, you know, I mean, especially from a journalism or a writing standpoint, uh, you know, everybody loves to hear the stuff that uh, builds their team up and stuff like that. But at some point you got to look in and just be like, yeah, this, this is not, this is not sustainable a and B probably shouldn't even be working right now. So um, props to you, man. And can't wait to, you know, continue to read more. Thank you. I appreciate that. To uh, kind of just combine what you guys were kind of saying here. I think that's the reason we even kind of got this podcast going was we did see a lot of, you know, especially another Coyotes podcast, not a natural hat trick per se, but I don't know. We felt like we had something good to say. I feel like we uh, were fans, but I feel like we were the fans that you can look at it almost like a, we want them to do, but we don't say the things you say because you want to lose games. No one wants to lose games. I don't want to see a roster get blown up so we can absolutely just be at the bottom of the rankings, especially in a new division. But if you tell me, you know, hey, three, four years, we have this guy coming up and this guy coming up and we could become, as I alluded to earlier, that big, powerful team we've always dreamed of being, I'll take it. It's worth it to me. It's it's not easy to sell and not easy to sit through, I should say, a rebuild, but the podcast makes it a little bit easier. So, Oh, for sure, man. I mean, and we've had some flashes in the past and you know, some runs that were, um, I mean, especially at the beginning, you know, we were, we had some good teams that uh, unfortunately could never make it out of the first round and then started getting good, you know, around 2009 and ran into the Red Wings, couldn't get out of the first round. And then, I mean, our longest run since we've been in Arizona in 2012, and that was a thing to behold that was pretty cool to see uh you know this this state and the valley or whatever get behind the team at that point and the whiteouts were electric and awesome but uh you know i mean for the most part this team has not been good at all and you know it finally seems that we've uh you know got some good people in the in the correct roles to actually start building this thing hitting on some draft picks and uh you know hopefully build something that's uh sustainable um you know not just a quick little flash here or two here but you know something that we can you know be in or the upper echelon for a period five six seven years you know mm-hmm. exactly hopefully this rebuilds the one that we keep for a while and not rebuild every three four years that's kind of what i'm really hoping for i don't want to be the d-backs i know i keep bringing them up but I think they're the perfect example is almost our opposite. I think they're definitely what I don't want to be. I, don't, I hopefully we stick to the plan. We ride this out. We build up, and then we conquer. That's what that's what I'm hoping for. Truly, I agree. Uh, so I guess oh, go ahead, guys. Well, as much as much as it's painful going through a rebuild and going through the losses, the thing that pains me the most is mediocrity, and that's really where we've been for <clears throat> well, almost outside of two three years, the Coyotes' entire existence. So. Painful. Get past that. Get past that and become a true contender. That when that's what we need to do this rebuild for. That's a good. I mean, that's. I hope so. I hope that this plan works out. But it seems maybe I'm crazy, boys, and I could be. Probably am. But I think it. I have a lot of high hopes for this crew. I don't know what it is. I know they've only been in really this year, really. But I got a lot of hope in them. A lot of faith. Um, I know. I mentioned that a lot of the Facebook fans, some other fans kind of are like, oh, you know, another rebuild, another rebuild. But that, this this one feels like the one, to me at least. Again, maybe I'm, I drink some Kool-Aid or something, but 
I 100% am behind this. I agree with you. I think it's, I think this is the one, I think we, we hit it before the show. I think this is generally the rebuild that as much as fans don't want to go through. I think this is the one the fans should be optimistic about. I think this is truly the one where we have the owner, we have the GM, both know what they want. Both are set to achieve that no matter how long it takes. I think we're truly going to see that rebuild that we've been waiting for, for a while. So I'm excited for the future and, you know, it's going to be tough to watch next two years the team. You know, I'll be pulling for every game, and it's going to be tough to see them lose a lot of games. But, you know, knowing that we're set for down the line to potentially run that central division, I'm excited for. Yeah, me too. I'm excited to hopefully by the time we start building up, the other one should be all old and gray, so we should be able to bowl right over them and get some divisional pennants for sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's my hope. I'm like, oh, let's see, they're about this age, doing something with the best at math, obviously, as I, we can probably attest to. But it seems like by the time they're all old and gray, uh, we should be bowling it in. Uh, but I guess I just wanted to ask, so with all this kind of being said, I guess you kind of alluded to it, but the offseason moves. I mean, how do we, uh, I mean, we're rebuilding, so obviously some moves are more questionable than others. But how are we feeling, boys, about, you know, just the overall offseason we've made for GMBA? And then we can even touch on some NHL teams you find that interesting, if you all like. I mean, for GMBA, the offseason's been pretty clear. It's Tear the building down to its foundation and rebuild. Um, we've brought in depth pieces that may or may not contribute. Uh, there's some guys that I've liked. The guy we added today is actually, I think, could be a pretty good fourth, sixth player. Um, but it's just, it's yeah, it's we're just building to essentially suck this year and nobody that's on this team right now i think is going to make nobody that's on this team right now i think is going to make an impact on the team in three years i don't think you should get too attached to anybody on this team aside from chikorin heller i mean hutton he's probably gonna be the goalie of the future in my opinion for sure. That's why I brought him in. I mean, that point, was it point eight eight? I mean, that's got to be something. That's worth its weight in gold right there. Yeah. I mean, just those GMBAs made, um, you know, we lost capital, um, you know, from our little scandal thing that we had going on of training players, um, you know, out, outside of the rules and stuff like that. So we lost a lot, but, uh, you know, I mean, we did have to take on some money and caps there but um for the most part we've gotten back a lot without um you know giving up anything really i mean just aside from money so um and then like grandy said uh you know some minor signings and everything like that and i'm pretty sure those are all just geared towards um you know what we need to be doing and that's uh <laughs> gonna be in the bottom for a while. So um, I would agree. Don't get too attached to anybody. Obviously we all kind of have those players that um, uh, are like the throwaways or, you know, everything like that, that, uh, you know, get brought in and, you know, they work hard and they always seem to say the right things and good character guys. And I mean, every, every team needs some of those guys, um, but uh, you know, I mean, they're, they're brought in here to help this process along and, um, you know, that's, that's where we're at. And, um, it's, it is going to be rough, but I'll be here watching every minute of it. Like I always do. So, um, what are your thoughts, Tyler and Haynes? Haynes, you want to go ahead? You're the guest today. Uh, sure. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I, I'll hit a little bit off what y'all said. I think, you know, I think 
no one in this core, I think, besides Chikrin or Keller, is really going to be anybody that's going to really take the next step this upcoming year and really be the guy who just leads the team outright and we see them make the playoffs somehow, some way. I don't think it's going to happen. I think fans were really attached to Garland. And, you know, seeing him leave was a very hard thing to watch him get traded to Vancouver. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of other guys. I know a lot of people have known what Dvorak gone, and I've heard from reports that the Kais are looking at moving him. And, you know, and I know there's some guys the Kais wish they'd move. I know I've heard I'm a big fan of Clayton Keller. I think, you know, he hasn't really lived up to his contract, but I think he's slowly progressed himself every year in terms of really showcasing some skill. And I think him and Chikrin are really your key fundamental pieces that the team's really going to look to build around. And, you know, I'm excited. You know, there is going to be a lot more guys, I think, in the next year or two that are probably going to be gone. I think guys like Fisher could still be moved. I think Devorah can be moved. Kraus, sadly, I think could be a piece that gets moved down the line and all that. But, you know, I think if it's – as much as it sucks to see them have to move, I think if it's going to ultimately bring us success and maybe one day elusively bring us to a very elusive Stanley Cup, I think it's worth it in the end. I think there's only a few guys – I really think it's just Chikrin and – Keller that are really your core pieces you're building around, but you know, you never know what BA's thinking. I mean, he could be thinking he has five guys in his core and tomorrow he only has one guy he sees in his core. And, you know, we don't really know what he's thinking in his head, but I can tell you that no matter who's gone in the day, I really think in the long run it's gonna set us up for that potential first Stanley Cup championship. I absolutely agree. I think uh all of us actually agree on that one pretty spot on. The thing I want to add though is there's anybody out there thinking that, oh, there's no way this is the true rebuild or whatever, any doubts. You're asked a billionaire owner, and you said, okay, hey, we're basically going to suck for the next three years, but we're going to be really, really good and possibly win a cup or two after that. And it just goes to show that we, it is different this time. We have an owner that's not only willing to literally purchase players like Hutton, who are going to be just a rock stars in the net, uh, for the sake of a rebuild, I mean, it's fantastic. It sounds like they believe in his plan, and I think one of you guys said that earlier too. Is the front, it is truly believed in, and I think that's what's going to be the difference. Is this time is we're not owned by the league. We're not having to literally be spend to the cap floor anymore. We have the money, we have the foundation, we have potentially a new arena arising. So I think uh, the the sun is, I think, truly rising on this franchise for the first time in the twenty six years it's been here. It's had a couple. You know, bright lights here and there, but overall. I want to hit on something there real fast, if you don't mind, real quick. Um, Of course. Especially what you were saying at the end end about how it was something I hit on in my article, my most recent one, was I really, like you had said about the future, I think, you know, this team really does, for the first time ever, have so many bright sides to be looking towards. You have a potential new arena in Tempe. You have an owner that's willing to spend money. We all know that his famous quote, he sure as shit wants to win, and he will do whatever he can to win. And we have a general manager who knows how to win. I think the Coyotes generally for the first time in 26 years, I generally think can see the bright shining lights in the future and know that for once they're heading in the right direction. Everything that could be going right for Arizona right now, fans, players, team, management is going right. And I think it's just only going to get better and better and better as time goes on. Absolutely. Uh, And then actually this next segment, is about that. Which of these future picks, players, anything we've picked up in the past couple of days, weeks, uh, are you looking forward to seeing? Any prospect in particular that really just tickles your fancy? I know uh, we've got a couple. Uh, Grandy, Professor Grandy, if we can borrow your lab coat again for us. Well, this 
if you know me and if you follow me on Twitter, this is probably going to be the most obvious answer you'll see coming. But Yan Yannick, I'm a huge fan of his. Plays a power forward type game from when he was in juniors. Kind of struggled in the AHL a bit this year, but came up, scored two goals in two games at the end of the season. Um, I don't know if he'll start the se- start with us because he does need to add a bit to that frame. But I think I don't know if he'll ever be a top line player, but a center who can play a little bit of a power forward physical type game. I'm I'm all over it, man. I mean, just Yan Yannick is. I'm so excited for him. I'm so excited to see what he can bring. So uh, there's other guys I'm really excited for too. Dylan Gunther, um, guys like that. But Yan Yannick is easily my guy that I pin my cap on the most that I want to see succeed really well. You talked to him once, didn't you? Didn't you have a conversation with him? Or no? Uh, once, once over Instagram because I got one of his signed sticks, actually. A signed game-used stick from preseason a couple years back. That's cool. Yeah, it's uh, something. It's the centerpiece of my hockey collection right now. So, Justin, he was an absolutely down-to-earth guy and just completely chill. Um, but, yeah, it's a uh, we actually have some guys in there that are worth getting excited now for now, aside from just Hayton and Yannick and uh, Soderstrom. So, uh, somebody else want to take the baton from here? Chase? Yeah, I like, uh, obviously, Victor Soderstrom. Um, I, at that point here, when he was up, um, you could see what, uh, you know, his future kind of looked like. Um, and then at other points, um, you know, like so many years kind of looking long. Um, but I his puck moving at the um when he's poised and composed. Um he's he's great on the first pass out. Um needs to build up a little bit to get some strength going. Um not get tossed around so much. But uh you know he's a little shot from the as well. Um can see probably running some power plays quarterbacking uh, all that gets I can't believe got him. Uh, where alluded to that in the last or, or the draft draft pod that we had. Um, I was absolutely thrilled with that move. Um, and then putting my fan cap on a bit, obviously, some to my heart. Shane Josh that I'm, I'm pulling for the most. I think it's such a great story. Um, and then kind of finding out that uh, he didn't have any conversations, you know, with the front office that he works with and played for for so many years um, that, uh, you know, GMBA and the scouting staff had a plan going in. They already knew what they were doing. And, uh, you know, they, they didn't risk, you know, having him get off the board before, you know, one of our later second round picks. So um, those are the guys that I'm into right now and uh, just excited to watch them all grow. Um, I know we also touched on a few other the picks that uh, kind of Grandy got us turned on to as far as uh, you know potential for prospects and um, low risk, high reward type picks, um, and you know obviously kind of seeing those go around a lot more or uh, develop a little bit more too. I'll be uh, excited to watch um, you know minor hockey and 
junior and stuff like that this year just uh you know to kind of watch those guys develop because i do think that uh you know if we can hit on these and i think we do got some gems in there that uh you know it's just going to help us in the future for sure what about you boys you cut out a bit there chase our uh virtual studio isn't always perfect uh unfortunately so hopefully uh you guys heard a bit more and sometimes the recording software hits more of it than we hear so hopefully it's all good um do you want to say something grandy Oh, yeah, so I was going to say real quick, anybody that gives love to Maddox Landry, you're going to get uh, your my seal of approval. Definitely. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's my favorite. Pretty. How did you know? Maddox Landry, a shout out. I think he did last pod, too, I think. He definitely, you always take your, your second Yen Unique, right? Pretty much. Uh, yeah, I had a, like, what, a five-minute rant on him on the oh, last Oh, yeah, you, you, yeah, a little, uh, <laughs> little crush on him, I'd say. <laughs> Anyways, uh, enough for me. Go, go on to Haynes' turn. All right. Um, uh, so I want to play a little bit off y'all again. I think um, some guys who definitely intrigue me would be Aussie. I think Schroederstrom showed that he's ready for that spot. I think he could be a great second defense defense pair uh, pairing with Chikra down the line. I'm excited for him, and I think Jan Yannick has got a lot that he can build off of. Like you said, I think he needs to add a little bit more build to his frame. But I think he showcased in two games that he could be a, a, few, a star for this team. I think Hayton's a guy who I'm really excited for, especially knowing that he played under Tournier. I think it's really exciting to see what he maybe can do. I hope that he can really get his game going. I know he's struggled the last two years, and I know he wants to live up to the expectations when that team drafted him fifth overall. And um, a couple other guys I'm really looking forward to are Dylan Gunther, I think, he was a great pickup. I think he was the absolute steal. I think a lot of scouts had him going earlier. So for him to be able to fall to where he did and the guys to get him, I think, was a big pick. And honestly, Josh Stone was a huge one. You know, bringing home your all-time franchise leader, son, to come play for the team that he grew up cheering for is like the equivalent of bringing Austin Matthews to Arizona. Just the the thought of knowing that there's going to be another Doan in Arizona and a Coyote sweater just excites me. But a guy that really – stands out to me that I don't think we really hit on much that's been in the system for a while that I really would love to see have a breakout. I think he has proved that he could be a big-name guy on the NHL level with regular minutes is Kyle Capobianco. I think uh, Kyle is an exceptionally great defenseman. I think he's showcased in the AHL. I think he's backed up his stats. He's had, uh, I think, two or three all-star nominations in the AHL. I think he's a great guy who's really ready to take that next leap. I think he really could be a top guy in, on defensive pairing next year if we really give him a shot. So that's my guy I'm low-key rooting for. I really want to see him get a real shot at the NHL next year because I really think he could really provide a lot of defensive help and offensive help for us. So I really hope that's the uh, guy that I really can see maybe take the next leap this year. So that's my, that's my guy I'm pulling for. And to back up Haynes a bit on that, we chose to protect him over Labushkin. So – Obviously, GMBA sees something there, too, to have considered him worth of protecting to give him that spot. So I, I got, agree. definitely got a future on this team. They got a cool last name, too. Just saying. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. One of my favorite guys. Uh, we actually just gave him a entry-level contract. is a Liam Kirk. Uh, I think it's oh, yeah. coming, being a fan of a small market team in a place that people are like, there's hockey in Arizona. I get that all the time. Him coming from Great Britain, hockey system, a small place that people don't typically associate with hockey. 
I think it's great. I'm cheering for him. I hope he absolutely comes, if not an all-star, a solid piece. Same really here. I forgot him. about him. I forgot about him. I really hope he does. I bit my nails there for the longest time when the Kais had potentially talked about looking to move his rights. And, and teams were asking about him. And I'm really happy they really signed him. I think he he was second points behind Garland, actually, I'm pretty sure, at uh, the World Championships and all that. So I really want to see what he can do. I mean, he moves the puck so well watching him play. And he did so well down in Petersburg or up in Petersburg in the OHL. So I'm really excited to see him get some AHL playing time and hopefully in the next two or three years, maybe sooner than that, can get some NHL playing time. That probably my first uh, Roadrunners jersey would be him if he does get over there when he does, I should say. So definitely my first. That'd be a good one. Oh, That'd yeah. Be a good one. 100%. Sure. That's my guy. That's, uh, that's gotta the Gotta go guy to I'm Kachina, really though. For. You gotta go to the Kachina Roadrunners one, though. Oh, actually, I'm not a big fan. Call it a hot take, but I'm really? actually not a big fan of the of the uh, Kachina for the Roadrunners. Yeah, I mean, I like the Kachina. Love it. Great. I just, I don't know. Maybe it's the colors. I'm really not too sure why I'm not as sold. I actually like the El Lazo uh, a bit I, more. I thought that was a cool concept. I can see you're playing off. The the purple is a little bit weird. I guess it's it's weird. People are thinking Kachina. I guess you're thinking more of the, you know, the the Sedona, the green, the the sand, the black, the, that, all those colors in the uniform, and then the, just the really colorful logo, and, you know, Tucson did the really colorful logo, but then they decided to, well, let's have the jersey be real colorful too, and let's bring the purple that's only on small parts of the Let's bring it out and bring it into a more bigger effect on the jersey. You know, that is nice looking, but, you know, and, you know, it's definitely different. It's not just an identical copy, which I love they did. I love that they strayed from just let's have an identical copy of Kachina, but I would have wished they would have maybe have stayed closer to maybe the Kachina color style. But nevertheless, it's a beautiful jersey, and its style is outright gorgeous, and I think it's one of the top jerseys in the AHL. It is. I mean, honestly, the fact that Tyler hates it is just a a bonus (laughs) side. I mean, it it shows that you're more right. Oh, (laughs) jeez. Yeah, I love it, too. That's that's sharp for sure. I'd probably have one of those as well. I knew it's a hot take. I I know. I'm totally, I accept that one. I just, it's not for me. It's not bad, but what's that? I've had the idea for the pod before. Tyler's terrible takes. Well, that's, not, that's not one of them, though. I don't know which which we want to talk about. That's I don't even know one bad take I have, actually, to be honest. I have my notes right here, and I'm flipping through them. I don't see anything. So it's going to be a really blank show. We can try it. We can do the segment, but it's going to be very short-lived. It sounds sure. like you're out alone. Tyler, go with your Mount Rushmore again for Coyotes. What's that? <laughs> Tell us your Mount Rushmore again for Coyotes. Uh, yeah. So let's go on to the next time. No, I was kidding. <laughs> okay, look, 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 I put. I wanted to. So had, let me explain my hot take. Let me let me go on trial and explain my hot take. <laughs> we, you're going to be asked this question too, so get ready. Uh, we have this thing that we ask uh, guests and we have done ourselves. We have a Mount Coyotes more. You pick four that you think would be if the you know Calmac Mountain or whatever got turned into the Coyotes version of that. What would who would you have? And obviously be the same three regular ones. So my fourth one, I was like, let me pick someone different that I just kind of liked. You know, it doesn't have to be necessarily a franchise great, but someone that I really liked a lot. And, you know, when I went to a game in Dallas, he was really cool. Got to see him and all that. And I was like, yeah, I'll put Vermet up there. Why not? And I have not lived that down. There's not a night that I go to sleep and don't think about that. Yeah. Mm hmm. Hey, I like Vermette. I mean, thank you. Granted, it's it's a you know it's one that you got to kind of defend, but you know I I love Vermette. I thought Vermi was a huge part of the Coyotes, and you know when they brought him back a couple years ago, and then you know promptly uh, 
bought his contract and come from his contract, crush me because he never he came back and he didn't have the year that people thought he was going to have, especially after some many good years in the Arizona before then. But I always loved Vermette. Watch him win the Stanley Cup in Chicago was so good for me. Just watch him be able to you know lift the Stanley Cup after so many great years in Arizona. So you know I I love Vermette. You know it's a hard one to push across, and I see why you got maybe got bagged on a little bit, but you know. I think I think he's. I mean, you guys would probably hate who my fourth one was. You'd probably be asking me the same thing. But I mean, I think I think Vermette's a great one to have up there. Won't you look at that, boys? Won't you look at that? It seems that my Just terrible wait, takes wait are shrinking. Wait till y'all get to me. Wait till y'all get to <laughs> me. You might have a new. You might have a Haynes terrible takes by the time you hear my four. <laughs> you got me at least two paws before you start ragging. We don't want to, yeah. we need to come back. We like to have our guests come back. So we have to do a couple oh, pods I first. We'll definitely be back. Don't worry. Uh, oh, yeah, boy. I, I have to get on Tyler. That's all. That's every pod. I tell you, it's not a complete chirping yodies if I'm not getting ragged on to some degree. So <laughs> I, I fully expect it every week. It is. That's the best part. I tell my therapist every week. So <laughs> it's okay, though. You know, they, they got to pay the bills somehow, I guess. And they're, they're paying them. <laughs> <laughs> is your therapist uh, located in Verdansk? Uh, no, because I am not good at that game. So, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe try uh, Kamara Village and Monster Hunter. Maybe that might be my closest one. Because, uh, yeah, not good at the War Zone, but I play. I have a good time. Oh God. Okay. Right. Yeah, back on track. <laughs> well, sure try. Uh, so a curious topic, and Granny, you brought this up. And I thought it was a really good topic. I was like, man, that's okay. Did Bunting make a mistake going back home to play for his childhood team? As you know, they made a lot of good, you know, a lot of deals lately. I just uh, wanted to pick your boys' brains apart and see what you thought. I have my opinion on it. A great take. You can already tell uh, about this segment of the show. So, (laughs) If I can start with this to kind of explain the reason I wanted to talk about it. Sure, go for it. um, That'd be great. But uh, So when they signed Bunting, I was initially, oh, that's great for Toronto. That's great for Bunting. He's going to be able to showcase himself there. He'll be able to get a big contract afterwards. I thought he was really putting himself in a position to succeed. But then Toronto went and signed Andres Cache. And, oh, who was the other guy from Boston that they signed? But another big power forward who's a little bit more proven in the NHL. Oh, Richie. Nick Richie. Oh, yeah. And both those guys play a similar style to Bunting. Both those guys have proven that they can do it in top six or middle six roles, at least. And Bunting has half a season of it. And I love Mm -hmm. Bunting. I want him to succeed. And I just think with those additions, he's he's got an uphill fight to to make top six minutes on that roster and definitely an uphill fight to ever get play or power play time on it. Um, he's got to be, like I said, essentially beat out Nick Ritchie and Andres Cache for both the second and third lines now at this point. Um, I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm not saying it's impossible, but compared to being on an Arizona team where he confirmed we gave him a very similar contract offer that Toronto did. Uh, so compared to being on Arizona, where he would have been guaranteed top six minutes right off the bat, power play time, anything he could have gotten, he would have had a chance to showcase himself for. So 
hindsight is twenty twenty. I understand that, but given the hindsight, I think Bunting might have put himself in a bad position to truly catch on at the NHL level. What is what is your guys' thoughts on this? I, I'm really curious to know what you guys think on this. I can jump. I, I think I got something. I think a take. Um, you know, it's. I try to think of if I was that player. You know, because every time you play those NHL, be a player mode. You try to. You either pick your team or you try and just you know make it work. But I don't know. I think that if I had the chance to play for a childhood team, I I probably would. Now, however, he did get kind of screwed, but yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right. I think he, this will either make him hungrier for it and he's going to kind of maybe have another, you know, resurgence and be just rise above, or he's going to get knocked down again. But either way, I think taking the risk to play for your hometown, I, I probably would have done the same thing given the situation. Even if I knew they're going to potentially sign those people, I probably would have taken it, to be honest with you. I, I maybe I'm a homer, but I think to play for your hometown team, I mean, it's got to be a dream come true. But that's just my take on it, to be honest. Chase? Yeah, uh, I agree with uh, both of your guys' points uh, so far. Um, the thing about bunting, to me, I mean, obviously, he spent a lot of time in our system. Um, had nothing but great things to say about, you know, the organization and Tucson and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm thinking almost, uh, you know, he probably got a little stir crazy waiting for his chance. And I mean, uh, that's, that's no fault of per se, the organization or anything like that, uh, probably wasn't ready, um, you know, and, and good stuff like that. And obviously when he did come up last year, um, definitely a spark. He loved to see it worked hard, um, played the right way. And, uh, you know, it was a good story to follow along. Um, but putting myself in his shoes and all that stuff, um, you know, it, it would definitely, I'd, I'd probably, like, I mean, obviously Arizona and Toronto are two completely different hockey markets. So, I mean, Toronto is nothing but hockey. Um, but, you know, I, I would love to, if I was a hockey player, to, you know, play for my Arizona Coyotes that, uh, you know, that I grew up and was such a fan of for all along. I'm pretty sure, you know, lots of people out there feel that way. And it's probably an opportunity that's, um, you know, when he did sign that did look really good. Um, there's some roadblocks in his way now. Um, but I mean, obviously he's been fighting roadblocks since we've had him. I mean, he, he spent a lot of time with us and, you know, just now got to crack it. He, you know, matured and, um, you know, worked on his game and everything like that. So I, I expect more of the same. And uh, you know, I'm 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 pulling for him because I do like the kid. Um, and he was fun to watch. Um, you know, this last year, and I, I wish him nothing but success. But uh, like Grandy said, it, he does have an uphill battle for it. But uh, we'll see if he can come out on top. All right, Haynes. What are your thoughts? I think y'all have kind of really hit the nail on the uh, on the top of the coffin there on everything. I think you know, I think you know he is kind of in a tougher position now, bringing in um, Cass and then uh, bringing in um, Richie as well. So I think you know he's kind of got an uphill battle ahead of him. But you know, at the same time, I think he didn't really care if he knew they were going to bring those guys in. I think he still would have gone to Toronto just because of the nostalgia of getting to play for your hometown team. And you know. The one thing I'm going to hate about Bunting leaving was he a guy, was a guy who really gave it all. He, you know, he played down the minors for so long, 
not many people thought he was ever going to end up being an NHL level guy. And for him to then make his way up and then just have the breakout he did in the last part of the season was so just, it brought joy to everybody to see it happen, just to see him, all that hard work finally pay off. And, you know, the one thing I'm going to hate seeing with leave was I generally thought he could have been the next guy to, that could have taken Garland's spot. I thought he played a great net front presence. I really thought he was, he was a small guy, Garland. I feel like he really bowed in front of the crease and, you know, with Garland leaving, the biggest part that I really wish brought back would have been bunting. I understood in his age area where he is, he would have been around hitting 30 by the time that rebuild. They say is going to be around the time the rebuild is going to end. He would be about in his 30s, almost out of 30, at 30 years old. So I think we long-term saw him as someone who probably would not have been part of the long-term uh, rebuild. And it sucks not having him around. You know, like we all say, we wish him the best of luck and, you know, I generally do hope that he kicks ass in Toronto and, you know, I hope he doesn't get booed like a certain guy who left New York did when he decided to go and play for his hometown team. No throwing shade on John Tavares there, but um, yeah, I just, I wish him the best of luck. I really wish it could have panned out here and, you know, I really hope he can make it work with what's going on, especially with the guys they brought in. But, you know, I think Bunting's still got a lot to prove and he's still so young. So I'm just excited to see what he can do in Toronto. And let on the watch. Let oh, me good. be clear here. I think most of the reason I want it to be a mistake he signed in Toronto is because of how much I wanted him to stay. I love Bunting. I loved his resurgence. I didn't think his goal scoring was going to stick to the tune it did. But 15, 20 goals is nothing to sneeze at either. If, no. he, if it lowered. So, I mean, I loved, like I said, I loved him. I wanted him to stick. And I'm. Psh- that's a large part of the reason the fan bias in me coming out of wanting it to be a mistake. So, uh, so yeah, it's just a lot of pain seeing him leave him and Garland were easily the two most painful for me this season. Agree. Yeah. I mean, it was really fun. He definitely was probably one of the brighter spots. Well, definitely one of the brighter spots of the season, getting to see him play like that. And it, I'm cheering for him because he was a former Coyote, but yeah, it did hurt. I was hoping he'd stick around too, but you know, I really do. Like I said, I believe in this rebuild. I truly just like I must had some kind of Kool Aid because I'm like, let's full steam ahead, let's get this over with, and start winning. So speaking of, I guess the future, uh, we're having a uh, recently, I guess this afternoon, I happened to see we're having a bit of a soft launch of the new branding in September, and I guess the full thing will unveil in October. Uh, and one of the notable things I saw was it said it's going to be a mix of old and new. I guess, uh, what are you boys kind of hoping for with this <laughs> new branding? I know we're going to have you know, a bunch of exciting new players for this stuff to go with, but maybe the white Kachina jerseys isn't what we thought it was going to be or be as you know guaranteed as we thought. Can I, uh, can I take this one first real fast? Of course. Yeah, go for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, I, I, my little brother's a Kais fan. I got him to hockey oh, a couple years ago, and yeah, he became a Kais fan. So we've talked about this today. And um, my hope for this is I, I have one or two ways how I think this is going to go. My hope, my, my hope of what this is going to go is I think Kais are going to go towards uh, going to Kachina full time. I feel like it's all but said. I've seen pictures on Reddit. I've seen leaked stuff of the draft hat. Seattle used nothing but the Kachina logo for their expansion draft. The NHL used nothing but the Coyotes Kachina logo for the NHL draft. I think Kachina coming back full-time is is what's going to happen. I think it's it's full down what's going to happen. I think the changes they're talking about, mixing old and new, I think what they mean by that is I think 
One, I think we're going to see the Paul print come back. I think the Paul patch will come back in some way, some shape, some form. It's going to be back. And I think the Arizona outline state patch is going to come back in a Kachina way, kind of like what the Tucson Roadrunners did. I think you're going to see that back in a Kachina style. And other than that, I think the only other change you could see would actually happen to be with what's going on the logo now. I don't know if any of you have happened to look at the logo, but everybody knows the iconic feathers that are above the Coyote's head on the head of the Kachina logo. The top one is split in half. It's half red, half green. Just recently, they I don't know if you noticed that they've changed that. That whole feather now is red. The other one, which was green, has stayed green. I don't know if that's part of the rebuild uh, rebrand is that they are changing some color around to some of the logos to maybe more one solid instead of multiple. But I really hope that if they're going to stay Kachina, they stay Kachina. I would the one thing I would hate personally is I don't know how y'all feel is just to see the Kachina jersey completely redone and the colors rechanged, or even a mix of the Sedona black and tan now. Or the Sedona, yeah, Sedona Black and Tan now mixed in with the Kachina style. I feel like if you're going to bring Kachina back, bring Kachina back, but bring back Kachina only. If you're going to keep the Howling Coyote head, do it like how the Flames are doing it. You know, keep the the home jersey around as an alternate. But if you're going to bring Kachina back, make that your full home time road in a way, home and away uniforms, and keep the Howling Coyote head if you want to as an alt. But I really hope I'm not wrong here. I really hope it's just minor tweaks for the logo, just maybe modernizing it a little bit just for the, you know, for the time now. But I really think the Coyotes have such a big opportunity, especially with the rebuild. Like I touched in my article, I think bringing back Kachina now is such a big tie back to the fans. If you want those fans to be tied back with this team and be with this team to this rebuild, bring back a logo and a look that not only screams, hey, this is Arizona, but screams, this is a team that, on a new direction, a new rise. Kachina marks that new direction. Bring back an icon look that when the team had it, they were some of their most dominant teams in franchise history. I think it's a smart move. I think it's a popular move. I really hope they don't stray too much of just let's stick to the Kachina look. Maybe just tweak it a little bit. But, you know, we'll never – we don't know. And, you know, I could be completely wrong. It could be a remodernized version of the colors now on a Kachina jersey, which I personally don't hope is the case. But, you know – I'm not the one up there making the decisions. And, you know, we may voice our opinions and we're all entitled to voice our opinions. But in the end of the day, we're not the ones who are sitting in the front office approving what these firms are creating. So we'll just have to wait and see. But, you know, we've been waiting for it for a while. We knew there's a jersey that was supposed to be released sometime soon. And we're going to have to wait a little bit longer. But I think now that we kind of know that the teams acknowledge it, now we're just all going to start really getting concepts out, getting ideas of what we think we're going to see. So I'm, I'm curious to know what y'all think about this. One thing I want to add is I'm very noted. I'm not a big fan of the Howling Coyote head at all. It was one of those things. If we, it's for me, it's either I'd prefer for us to either go Kachina or nothing, nothing or a full complete redo of the logo um when the seattle kraken came into the league and i saw how nice their logo looks and how nice their jersey looks it made me kind of jealous looking at the howling coyote head jerseys and like man we i would love to see us do something better I don't mind I going back to the old school of the kachina i don't mind that doing that at all but like you said if you do that don't mess with it. Don't touch it. Leave it the Kachina. If you want to do something new, 
do something new, really work on it, embrace it, have it ready in the three years when Tempe is ready. If that, if Tempe is going to be the case. Um, that was, that was a perfect answer. I think you, you tackled that perfectly. Yeah. So yeah, that's my thoughts on it. What about you and chase? Uh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys both on that one. Um, I especially hate, um, you know, I, I hope we do get Kachina full-time. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the Howling Coyote head, although I wouldn't be opposed to, you know, having it as an alt. Um, but even at that point, um, my my personal thing would be either you, you go back to those uh, lovely green jerseys that we had at one point as the alts, uh, you know, when we were rocking the Kachinas full-time. Uh, but that's not going to happen, and... Um, all that good stuff, but I, I'm excited to see what's what it is they come up with. Um, I'm nervous about it because I mean um, we kind of hit it on it last pod. Uh, you know, like our, we got the new marketing firm and everything like that, and um, just just kind of like the verbiage that has been tossed out of there. You know, like new, edgy, you know, type stuff. Uh, I, I guess. Part of me is really excited. Part of me is a little nervous and anxious on what we're actually going to see. Um, but uh, like you boys said, time will tell. And I uh, can't wait to see the actual unveil and, uh, you know, kind of revisit this and see what we got right and, you know, what went wrong. But as far as Kachina goes, that's the last thing I want them to mess with. Um, at that point, it's enshrined permanently in my brain as the Coyotes. And I think, um, you know, if we go back to that full-time, it, it needs to be left as is and preserve it. You actually bring up, a, so that last part you said, about the, how you associate it. So to, how was I going to say? So remember back when the D-backs first came into town, they had that like, snake head, the purple snake with the ball in his mouth, right? I love that logo. I think that is one of the coolest, especially for, you know, the brand new team. And they kind of took it away in the 2007 revamp with that stupid DB snake, which is just the ugliest thing ever. Uh, well, then they brought it back with the new Evolution jerseys. Now, the rest of those jerseys were really ugly. The triangles on the on the, the pant legs, the hat, that was dumb. But they brought back the Snake logo, but they revamped it. I think if you're... And this is kind of trading hard water here, or, you know, choppy waters. Because how many reboots have we seen the past couple, you know, with anything? Movies, TV shows, games have just been absolutely off, right? So I worry that if we do try... What's that? Space Jam, you were thinking. Oh yeah, that's exactly. like the first thing I think think of is the new Space Jam compared to the old one in terms of like just all the new added stuff into it. Yeah, it was just a, a blatant cash grab on that one with all the properties and all that. And I just hope that I think it's in good hands. I mean, just like I said, the the jersey or the hat they had at the draft was based on the away jersey, so I'm pretty sure we're gonna get some kind of white Kachina. I don't know if it'll be the exact replica or what they're gonna do, but I like that. Uh, Haynes, you mentioned that the old. Arizona cutout and the paw print logo. I think that would be pretty cool to maybe give a Katina twist to. I'm hoping maybe that's what they mean by that, kind of merging some of the concepts together, or maybe that roadkill jersey, as they called it. Um, <laughs> I actually like those. I think it was pretty cool. It was different. I don't mind different. I want to try something new, you know. But the Katina's great. It's I, it's probably my favorite logo, especially of Arizona sports. Right uh, beneath it is the snake head, obviously. Uh, but yeah, like I said, Chase said it. I mean. We'll wait and see. I, I've I got faith. I mean, this ownership group—you don't become billionaires by making a bunch of mistakes. Yeah, you make some, but I, I think they know what they're doing. They know what it means to to make money, so I think they'll play it smart here. 
Um, but no, you're definitely listening to fans. You, I just wanted to sure. add that in real fast. You know, at the same time that uh, uh, what is called uh, uh, owner Morello, you know, he's definitely listening to fans too, and so is Gutierrez. They're both listening to the fans, and you know, they know what the fans want, and they know that you know. They know what the, the Coyotes are about, and they know that. And, you know, they're thinking the best in the Coyotes' interest. And they know, like we know, that if Kachina's where they're going to go, they know that that history of that logo is too iconic not to change. And I think they generally get that. So I think they have the best interest and heart of where they need to go. And if it is back to Kachina, I think they fully understand that that logo and that jersey needs to be untouched, but maybe add in some new stuff from some previous uniforms and just tweak colors to them. That'd be cool. I, I can handle that. Actually, my biggest complaint about the new ones, how it just says Coyotes, I didn't say Phoenix or Arizona. Just put Arizona on top. You have the room for it. Just do that. I have I, seen I, that, and um, I did weird. see that in a Reddit photo of a team van, and it had the Kachina logo on it, and underneath it, it said Arizona Coyotes in the old like word font that it oh, used yeah. to like the inaugural season logo. So I'm I'm curious to see if that's the case. I would love to see them add. Arizona back to the little moon shoulder patch logo up there. How instead of just saying Kai, like you said, I would love to see it say Arizona above it too. That's what I want. I'd buy one. I'll do it. You hear me? I'll buy one. Madison Best in the Universe. <laughs> we're holding you to it. We're, we're holding you to I will. it. I'll post it to my Twitter. I will. I will. I'm a man of my word. So, so but, uh, I guess, oh, what's up? Is that now a jersey and a tattoo we're holding you to or? Uh, yes, if they had Arizona on top of the Coyotes, I will buy one as soon as possible. I guess I'll have to take it risk, either get a custom or make it get a chicken, I guess, and hope to God something doesn't happen. But yes, don't buy I will, OEL. I, buy I bought, don't buy OEL. I bought, I made the mistake of buying the OEL retro, reverse retro jersey. And currently, I love him and I love OEL and I wish him the best, but I'm currently paying the, uh, the, the consequences from, from getting his jersey with the C and everything. So, uh, was asking for Keller, didn't quite get Keller. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'd maybe go for someone that you know is going to be around long term, like Keller or Chicken. I go someone that you know is going to be around for long term. I got a Kessel one. My mom knew I liked that player, and she found a reverse retro for me. It's the Fanatics one, but still pretty awesome. And so that's what I have. But you know, good memories oh. of him in the uniform, so I'm, I'm okay with it. I accept it. Yeah. I must say, you might you might be in the same boat as me coming up soon. You, you, you might be owning a former Coyote jersey coming up soon. That's pretty much all I'll, I got. I'll one up all of you. My very first, oh name, yeah, my very first named jersey <laughs> at, at her home. Oh man, Wojtek Wolski. <laughs> no way, really. Yeah, I still have it. It <sighs> is five sizes too small. But it is an '86 Wojtek Volsky jersey. That's awesome. <laughs> imagine, imagine saying that to someone. Imagine saying my first jersey is a Wojtek Volsky jersey. <laughs> That's, I was oh young man, and, I was young and stupid. I was young and stupid. Oh, I mean, there's, I there's Matt not many people out there that could spell that name, let alone. I mean, heck, we. I don't know if y'all watched the expansion draft, but the guy. Was it Sean Kemp, the one that tried to announce Jonas Donskoy and called him Jonas Gillespie? Yes. They could not have butchered that name any worse than that. (laughs) They did not give him an easy name to pronounce there. But then again, Donskoy is not a hard name to pronounce. In my opinion, it's not a hard name to pronounce. No, not at all. I would would pay to have Charles Barkley on the NHL. (laughs) Oh, yes. Yes. Just have a game of giving him – uh, NHL oh. player's name and say like Chance yes. the Rapper like when they did they had Chance the Rapper try to pronounce some guy's name yeah. and all that and yeah. he, yeah. he, 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 he yes. pronounce them yes. 
That's an yep. S, a K, and a J, so that's a nope for me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, oh man. man. Love let's, it. Let's do that hockey, boys. Well, there look at, you go. know, Jen Unique. I mean, that name looks like Jan Jenik, and everyone's going to call it probably Jenik. If this is a Ricardo's fan, I guess you may know the name, but most people probably be getting that one wrong, too. Those poor local oh. news reporters. Same with um, Yosef uh is it Kozinosh or is it because uh, I know Tyson Ash calls him Kozinosh, but it, it, but it looks like on paper Coronar. It's Kozinosh. It heard is Kozinosh. Herself pronounced it, so I am relatively certain on it. It's Kozinosh. Nash says it. I guess it's true. If Nash, I I don't know. Nasher knows. Tyson, I, yeah, Nasher knows it. Nasher knows it. 100%. Oh man! But where? How are you getting Kozinosh? From those letters, I don't know. Dude, I don't I know. know. That's what I was confused about. I I look at it as a complete English speaker, and I'm just like, what? Nope, nope. I nope. look at it as Coronar. I see, and I'm like, oh, Joseph Coronar. And then the, the first game we played against them, it's like Matt and Tyson, are like Joseph Kozinosh, and then I'm like, what? I'm like, no, well, that definitely says Coronar. <laughs> we have a group chat we're in, and we were making fun of his name so much because it's like where does that come from and then we traded for him i'm like shit like two days after they signed him that was the funniest part about it. They, same as they signed him posted on their twitter they had signed him to a one-year contract and then moved him two days later for aiden hill oh man. like talk about like a giant f you like hey we want to sign you two years we think you're part of this franchise nope just get in someone else is available see ya yep yeah well Works out for us. We got part of business. Yep. Oh, that's gotta be hard. Making the yeah, glad I'm not making the decisions because I don't know. Do you know pronounce the names? I don't want to get them wrong. Being a pronunciation <laughs> guy, I'd be like, yeah, we need. I want to draft this guy. And they're like, who? <laughs> My luck. Oh God. Okay. So speaking of, I guess mentioning him. Actually, and Haynes also mentioned earlier the foundational pieces. If you guys had to say like, this is our future. This is definitively, or I guess, you know, it's hockey. Who knows for sure? This is the future. Who would you say the players are right now? It's not a whole lot. Maybe Hutton, I'd probably say. But outside of that, maybe we're a little loose. What do you boys think? Well, I think our foundational pieces, what we are building on, is our first-round pick this year, our first-round pick next year, Jacob Chikrin, and then that fourth corner is being held up by a combination of Genther, Keller, and Hayton. Whoever shows themselves the most of those three will be the foundation going forward. Um, that's just my opinion. Uh, but I think most of our foundation is not on this team yet. Yeah, yeah I agree. There. Yeah, the short segment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, I had to put something down. I I would add one more to that list real fast. I would would agree that I think that Hayton, Keller, and Gunter are probably your last four parts there that you probably built off along with Chikra and Osley. I would say that even, maybe even Josh Doan. I know, I'm not just throwing him out there because, you know, Shane Doan's son. But, I mean, I watched him a lot for Chicago this year. And just watching him go from, like, the first – they have like the first eleven games. He had like three points. He got scratched a game or two, and then to come out there and to finish the year seventy points, third in the USHL. I generally think 
he brings a lot of his dad's game, but he also brings a lot more to it. I think he can score a lot more efficiently, and I'm really excited to see him maybe one day potentially be on the line with maybe, who knows, in two years, maybe Connor Bedard falls number one. We fall to number one. We get Connor Bedard. I mean, I think there's a lot of parts. I think think the next two years' drafts, along with some of the prospects now, and then Chikrin and Keller are the guys the team's really looking at. This is our core. This is who we're building around. But at the same time, they're looking at as we don't really have any fundamental pieces. We have guys who we know are going to be fundamental pieces in the future, but we don't really have a set guy right now who is the fundamental piece of the future besides maybe Chikrin and Keller. Yeah, I'd, I'd even agree there. And then, um, you know, I keep on thinking that, uh, you know, soon hopefully we're going to have Prosvitov come up and, you know, be the goalie. Yep. Or so that's probably the one that I'd add there. Um, I, but, uh, you know, definitely uh, uh, think we're waiting on him. But I, I see him being a big part of it as well. Same here. I think he takes a big leap. I think he – I really wanted to watch him win a game last year, and I hate the two games they played him against where – what Colorado and in, in Vegas or Colorado and Minnesota? Yep. One of the one and uh, I, I I would have loved to see him play against like someone maybe a little bit easier competition like San Jose, Anaheim, L.A. Um, but I think with not having Darcy Kemper anymore, Auntie ronta has gone, Aiden Hill's gone. They're, your three big three guys are all gone. I think Hutton gets the nod next year, and I think if the team doesn't sign someone, I think you're going to see a goalie bout come down to either Kojanosh or. Uh, Prozatov is going to start the season as the backup. So I really hope that it's one of the two, but at the same time, I saw an article yesterday and, and it was really smart. I want to hit on it real fast. I think whoever starts, the biggest problem I have with like Prozatov or, well, Prozatov mainly getting a start all season, especially if the team's going to tank, is for him to try to keep his confidence and composure, especially if they pull him in and go, hey, we're trying to tank this year. You're probably going to lose a lot of games. We just need you to stay confident and and just don't get down on yourself. Like know that this is what's best for the future down the line. So I really hope that if he does get the start and backup next year, that they really remind him that hey, we might lose a lot of games, but we don't want you to bag on yourself and lose confidence in yourself because we're just trying to better ourselves for the future. Personally, that's why I want to see Prosvodov start in the AHL for that exact reason. Um, yep. I would rather see him rocket in the AHL than getting rocked in the NHL. I agree. Um, just build a build him up. Goldies take longer to mature as prospects already, so let's take our time with them. Exactly. And he was I mean, unless you're like a guy like Flurry, Mark Tambor, Patrick Wall, Kerry Price, guys who were drafted in the first round, goalies have I mean, they, they say goalies have between five and seven years after being drafted until they fully are ready to potentially be a shot for an NHL starting position. Yeah, yep. that way. It was Kemper? Well, he was like he was what twenty eight when we picked him up, right? Something like that. He was yep. older, and he was a backup his whole entire time before then with Minnesota for so many years behind Josh Harding and Nicholas Backstrom, and then back up to John and Quick in L.A. And then he became a legend. Yeah, he did. And now he's going to win the Vesna, which he deserves because he's had Vesna numbers for so many years in Arizona. And I think he's now finally going to be viewed as a legitimate good goalie because, you yeah. know, because the stereotype is if you play in anybody that's not a traditional top market NHL team, you're not good and all that. You put Sadly, him that's how that's viewed. Oh, it is. Absolutely. But if you put him behind that team, 
you might see record breaking numbers the way Kemper's yep. played the last couple of years. I mean, he will be so good healthy. To him. Oh yeah, and if he can stay healthy, oh teams are in for. I mean, I'm scared to play Colorado because heck, if we were getting blown with Kemper in that, I hate to see what it's like when we're playing against Kemper in the other team's map. Oh man. He also won't be taking 50 shots a night over there either, so he probably will stay a little bit healthier. Just not having the I, I same workload. Say, he, he, I about to say, he's probably only facing about, with our record against Colorado, he <laughs> might face, what, five in the first, yeah. five in the second, and then maybe, if we're lucky, maybe nine in the third. Oh, man. Yeah. It's going to be Maybe fun. break double digits there near the end. Yep. Oh, boy. Thank God for Shiner Buck. <laughs> oh, God. I've totally forgot about our long lapses last year of going 11, 12, 13 minutes without registering a shot on goal, man. Go back I to forgetting it. Those were bad. Just go back to forgetting oh. it. <laughs> go, oh. Don't go to the dark place. Don't go Gotta there move again. To the next season. Focus on yeah, next right. year. Don't forget past season. Yeah. I need, that's... I need that <laughs> men in black pen thing that flashes the red light and just poof, poof, put, put that out of my <laughs> that, brain. That is one thing I do want to say that I do appreciate GMBA's doing. We have a bad team, but we have a team full of players that should give their heart out every night. Louis Erickson isn't the same player he is, but he's a guy who gives up his all on every shift. Jay Beagle has championship experience and was a key contributor to that Washington Capitals team as their third liner, penalty kai, face-off specialist. We have guys that will give it their all on this team. So, while I don't think we're going to get much wins, I also don't think we're going to have those lapses like we had last year where it's just, oh, this team is just, it's not even trying. Because there was a lot of times it looked like we weren't trying. And that is, like I said, I just, I really appreciate that aspect as well. I agree. A lot of good people. Ghost Bear, too. That's a pretty good pickup. Excited for that. Yes, I'm excited for that one too. He, he we all seen the iconic photo of him as a kid in, in the Kachina white jersey. So, mm-hmm. hey, maybe if that jersey gets brought back, we'll get to see him in the same white iconic Kachina jersey this year. Me and, could buy it. Me and Tyler were talking about uh, Team North America from a couple years back, the 23 and under yep. for the World Cup, and it hit me as we were talking about it, like. Hey, the Coyotes have a player now who was on that team. Yep, we Go- do. Yeah, Ghost Despair was on that team. He and was. I think he just had a bad year in Philadelphia. I think he's going to have a bounce back year. I think I know people said that he's not what he used to be, but I mean, what two, three years ago, people were saying in his rookie year he was a legit Vesna candidate. I mean, or a Calder, legit Calder finalist. I mean, I think. You know, he had a bad year. It happens. I think with a better system, with a new off, with a new team this year, I think he got a chance to shine. Yeah, and even if we don't see him as part of the future, have him bounce back and then trade him for a first. Exactly. That I think that's what's going to happen with a lot of guys. I, I have a feeling you're going to see that with a lot of guys, too. Um, I have a feel, feeling you'll see, like, Dzingle come up, play really well, and get shipped off at the deadline. Just steal, I, I love this like that. Yeah, I love that sign. I don't know like about I y'all, said, but I, I was a, such a big fan of the Zingle signing. Was that? Oh, I loved it. I, said, I don't know about y'all, but yeah, but I, I love the Zingle sign. I loved watching him in Ottawa, and I loved watching him when he got traded from there to 
where did he go from there? Where did he go from after Ottawa? He went to not Ottawa the second time, but Ottawa the first time. Actually, left Ottawa. He went to where? He went to um. Oh, he got traded. Where did he get traded to? Columbus. I know he played in L.A. Columbus. Columbus. And he was really good at Columbus on that playoff pick. run. The second round pick we got for uh, the second round pick we got trading Derek Stepan to Ottawa was actually part of the Dzingel trade. Oh, there you go. I didn't know that part. Learn something new every day. Yeah, on this podcast. There's a reason they call me Stathead Grand. You have a lot of use. Yep. Hey, I'm loving your stats right now, man. <laughs> so I pay him the big bucks. Uh, Wait, does I do I get a cut of that pay? No, I'm just yeah, we'll, we discuss that after the pod. We'll discuss uh, <laughs> what the teas and such after the pod. Wait till the cameras stop rolling. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can exactly. offer you five burritos a year. Hey, there it is. Hey, that that's a pretty good deal. I might take you up on that. You, I mean, you might just ship them to to South Carolina, but I, I might take you up on that. Hey, they're worth it, man. Burrito Express, Filibertos. Oh yeah, I take some. I take some burritos. You can send them that way. That sounds like a good payment. I think it's a uh, granny. Didn't you say freaking Filibertos Arena for the new Tempe place when it happens? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> oh god, that was awesome. Oh man, that was. Uh, All right. Yeah. So, uh, so we that subject to yep. Quite Here it well. is. It's the uh, it's the alluded to time to get on your your trenches and defend your take because it is time for your Coyotes Mount Rushmore. Haynes, it's your oh, time. Oh, oh, we asked every guest. <laughs> y'all thought y'all y'all hated him for for Matt. Wait till you hear my number four. So. All right. Uh, I'm, I'll, I'll talk about each one, why, why I chose each one. Number one, Shane Doan. Hands down, Shane Doan. You, I shouldn't have to explain why Shane Doan's on that list. If you think he shouldn't, then I think you probably need to maybe cheer for someone else, not the Coyotes, if you think Shane Doan's not part of the uh, key fundamental pieces of uh, the Mount Coyotes more. Um, piece number two, I would put um, – I had a big toss-up here between either Big Wall or Teppo Numenen. I probably honestly go Teppo Newman. I think he was an outstanding defenseman for so many years in Arizona. And for the time he was there, I think he was a, such a big guy in Arizona. And I think he was a true defensive player. And I really think that he was a guy that when he passed and or left and OEL came in, I saw a lot of OEL or I saw a lot of him in OEL. I was looking at him like, OEL looks a lot like Teppo played the game. I really think this is the next guy coming in, this next leader of this team. And, you know, he was for a while. OEL didn't pan out, and now he is in Vancouver. Um, number three on my Mount Rushmore. I contemplate putting a goalie. I know a lot of people probably say Kemper. I just don't think he played enough in Arizona, honestly, to be up on the list. I don't think many any goalies. I mean, Mike Smith could be up there, but – I have a very big dishatred for Mike Smith. If y'all want to know that, I can do a separate episode on why I do not like Mike Smith for <laughs> numerous reasons. Um, I cannot wait. Yeah, we can do that episode <laughs> next time. Um, I'd say, honestly, I'd I'd say maybe Jeremy Roenick. I, I just – I know he didn't play long in Arizona, but I – actually, no. I'm going to take away Roenick. I'm going to put Redeem Verbata. For so many reasons. I think Redeem Verbata was a big part of our 2012 Cup run, our conference finals run. I, he had the filthiest hands in the shootout. He reminded me a lot of like Dvorak now. Like when he went up to shoot in the shootout, you just knew that it was an automatic guaranteed goal. And I think he was such a consummate pro. He was well liked in the locker room. Everybody loved him. 
And, you know, I think that he's a guy that, you know, he may have not been in Arizona long, but, you know, I think he's going to go down in a lot of record books for a lot of things he did in Arizona. So I would put him there in third. And uh, <laughs> here it and is. Fourth, I, I know a lot of y'all probably think I'm going to say OEL, uh, Kachuk. Uh, I mean, who's some other guys I can just randomly off the top of my head? Uh, last off, Nagy. I know there's a couple guys y'all might be thinking to yourself that could definitely be a Nikolai Bullen. There's a reason why I put him in. I think it's just the funniest reason. If I had to choose a fourth guy, you guys will know the name when I say it because you all know the Icon video. I think Christopher Kalanos. For one yes. reason, I think yes. his goal making an NHL Hall of Famer absolutely shit his pants in frustration and get tossed to the game because of how pissed he was about giving up that goal, I think will go down as the funniest moment in NHL history. And I think for just that reason alone, I mean, he wasn't a goal scorer, but for just having one of the most iconic goals in a commercial saying making uh, a <laughs> uh, uh, future Hall of Fame goalie cry is hands down enough right there to put him into the Hall of, into the Kai's Mount Rushmore. When, when I'm having a horrible day, when I am in the lowest of lows, I pull up that video because that is the video that is guaranteed to get a smile out of me. Yes. For so many reasons, yes. I'm down with it. I'm in the trenches next to you fighting this fight. Let's do it. <laughs> Dying <laughs> on the hill. <laughs> yeah, that's a hill you're going to die on for sure. But hey, you know what? You die with honor. That's all that matters. I, I would, oh real God. fast, I'd even throw in real fast that if, if for some people that don't may not like uh, Verbata in my third spot, I would say that you could even swap them out with OEL. I would say that if, if I really had to make a one-time switch, I would say OEL would go my number three. Thinking more about it, I think OEL did a lot for the franchise. Honestly, he has numerous uh, numbers in the defenseman, so I would say I would throw him instead. So I would go with Doan. I would go with Tepo Numanen. I would go with OEL and everybody's fan favorite, which I will stick with to the day I die, Christopher Kalanis would be number four on the Coyotes Mount Rushmore. That's awesome. I bet him too. He was he's a very good guy. My guy, I would love my, to meet him. My dad asked him, this was when he was having his injury issues, and my dad honestly uh, asked him, so you think you're going to play for us this year? <laughs> oh, I'm just going to be like, no, why? Why? Out of all awesome. the questions you could have asked him, he, asked, he should have just been like, so just tell me about the moment Patrick Wall, because that is your most iconic moment in your career. It's one of the most iconic, funniest moments I, in NHL history. Well, you're never going to see it again. Patrick Wall was a very guy who was – I mean, of course, it would have been a Patrick Wall thing. We all seen Patrick Wall play. We know his iconic, I thought I had the puck in my glove, sitting in the crease, gave the goal against Detroit. We all know the iconic, him bringing up past center ice, doing a spinorama on Gretzky. We all know that he was a guy who played with heart. You know, sometimes he was a little frustrated. We've seen him get into a fight with Bruce Boudreau on the bench. We all saw that moment when he was a coach. So was it a very surprising reaction from Patrick Wall? No. But is it hilarious to watch a future NHL Hall of Famer cry because and then get tossed because a rookie scored a penalty shot going him? Yeah, it's insanely funny. And I think it's the funniest moment <laughs> you're ever going to see in hockey. I was a Kalanos fan for life. I followed Kalanos when he was a minor leaguer for the Calgary Flames Abbotsford Heat because of how really? much I love Kalanos for that goal. The original Yen Unique. <laughs> Kalanos was yes, yes, the original Yad Unique. That's exactly what this is. He His name's great started. too. Yeah, it is. Like I said, I am in the trench next to you. I was ready to fillet this pick for you leaving Kachuk hey. off. 
Hey, all I'm hearing is, hey, <laughs> all I'm hearing is we're having a segment next time that I'm one that says Haynes is uh, surefire smart, not not mess up moments. Haynes is Haynes is best moment. This is his best take. We're gonna put this down on the list. This is gonna go on my best <laughs> best takes. Yes, it's in the bin. It's in there. There we go. Oh there man, go. <laughs> that was awesome. I love yeah, it. Yeah, that was. I didn't expect it. I was like, man, who could it possibly be? Who I know. Be I was waiting. It's so divisive. I'm like generally curious. Awesome. Who did y'all think it was going to be? Who do you think I was going to say as number four? I thought you were going to put out Bissonette, which again, I would have. Oh, I would have been Biz a is too funny. I would yeah, love to is. see Biz take Tyson. If I could choose the broadcasting team, I love Tyson and, and uh, Matt, but. Tyson sometimes gets on my nerves, which I know it does a lot of Coyotes fans. And if I could choose a different broadcasting thing, I would love to see Lindsey Fry, and I'd love to see Paul Bisnett run the thing. Because I think Lindsey Fry be huge for her to have a role like that, or at least keep Matt instead, have Matt uh, and Paul. But Paul Bisnett would be so funny to have. And I mean, I mean, that guy would be so hysterical to have in your front wire spot, having broadcasting games, announcing the games right there. I mean, imagine every time hopping on a game. Welcome to Foxworth, Arizona, and you hear Paul Bizonette talking. Like, to start yeah, the game, yes. and he's doing the whole game. Like, that would be too funny to have him all the time. When yeah, he was doing uh, radio with Bob Heathouse, um, I, I used to listen to the radio feed instead because I, I just I, – I, Paul Bizonette is amazing, and he's just such a mm-hmm. character. He's larger than he's life. Such and, yep, he's and he, such a gem. Yep. He's such a gem. He made listening to hockey on the radio fun. Like, and that, that's, that's hard to do, man. And, and oh, yeah. No. Well then, are we ready, gentlemen, for my question of the week? Yes, sir. All right. So, well, thank you. You always add the the flair. I appreciate that. That's why I pay you the big bucks. <laughs> so, <Thanks. laughs> we discussed. We're gonna really have to talk about these big bucks later. I, I we really gotta talk about these big bucks. I want to hear where my cuts come from. I just have to take the day. I want to yeah, hear where right. my my paychecks come from. <laughs> Uh, when I get my paycheck, you guys get your paycheck. How about that? Well, we'll go ah, with that. There we well, go. Let me, let me, there we let go. me see when the money starts rolling. We'll talk about it. There um, we go. So, actually, I am borrowing this one from Craig Morgan. Uh, I saw this and was like, man, that is a really good question. Which one of those Coyotes dead contracts that we picked up, like, you know, Pavel Datsuk, Marion Hosa, those, would you want to see actually have played for the Coyotes in a good enough condition to play? We don't want to say prime necessarily, but in a, in a good condition. Which one of those dead contracts would you want to see? You know, I'm going to go go a bit out of left field. That's you is the easy answer, but I'm going to go pronger. Watch him. Watch him back in the day. A wrecking ball. We need that on our defense. We need a guy with that heavy shot and just absolute wrecks people physically. Yeah, it would be, it would be a blast. Jason? Yep, I've, I'm so upset that Grandy stole mine, but it's too good not to, to change. So I'm going with Pronger too. He's just man watching him and tying this into the Blues. Watching him and Al McKinnis as a pairing when I was growing up was oh yeah insane, man. Like I mean, Al yeah, had right. wicked, wicked shot, and Chris Pronger was just there wrecking people, and he's oh. just a mean, mean, mean dude on the ice. And I loved watching the Blues at that time. Um, 
I even, you know, had started to follow the Blues a little bit more once uh, Kachuk, Big Walt got traded there, um, and they kind of became my second team. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to go Pronger, man. I, I loved watching him play. Um, such an unfortunate end to his career, um, but uh, you know, disappointing for sure. But man, he was he was a force of nature. Pronger and Niedermeyer, I will say, and I will oh. fight another hill I'll die on. Pronger and Niedermeyer is the best defensive pairing of all time. Those two were that was just a great line. Oh man, and it felt like they were out there the whole game. And they just controlled the entire game when they were out there. You had the silky smooth Niedermeyer. You had the physical force that was Pronger. You had the great pass guy that was Niedermeyer. You had that booming shot that was Pronger. It was just uh, just perfection. Uh, I could go on and on. You guys, really, <laughs> all these guys that the Coyotes had contracts mm-hmm. Osa, Datsyuk, Pronger. I could go on about these guys. That's a whole subject in and of itself. Okay, we can make it a subject for a later video. We have off-season time, but, so definitely see it revisiting. But uh, your guys is now. Evan? Or uh, Haynes? Sorry, I see your, your freaking no, that's fine. Your podcast no, name or fine. your Discord name. No, you're fine. I want to add it in real fast. Though. We'll, we'll definitely add that into the uh, episode on why I hate Mike Smith. We'll add that in for some future <laughs> off-season episodes. Um, I would agree with you. I think Pronger or Dadzook's too easy of a choice. Would I love to have him? Yeah. Just so I wouldn't have been the guy who, for years been like, oh, great, Dadzook owns the Coyotes on the playoffs. I would have loved to have been a role reversal. I would have personally have loved Marion Hosa. Now, my friend who's a Blackhawks fan, probably wouldn't agree with me because of Rafi Torres. Probably wouldn't agree that we should have had Marion Hosa because of Rafi Torres. But I would have loved Marion Hosa. I think he just he brought so much to the game of hockey. And I think he would have been such a great guy and a cool guy to have. I just seen what he did. Not only could this guy score when needed, but he could pass it. He makes me the way I saw him, because I grew up a big Devils Coyotes fans. I'm a big Marty Bedore fan, so I grew up a big Devils fan. And then Austin Bedore left, became a Blues fan with a Coyotes fan. But one of the biggest people I can relate back to Marion Hosa, an earlier version, is Patrick Eliash. I felt like the way they both played the game was very similar. Both could make smooth moves. Both could make really pretty passes. And both could score. And I, I honestly would have loved to see Marion Hosa, not his aforementioned brother, Marcel, who, who played in Arizona. We don't remember much from that time in Arizona when he played there. Granted, he didn't do much. But I would have loved to have seen Marion Hosa lace up the skates and played a couple years in Arizona. They aren't really good picks. I mean, we, man, just imagine. I remember actually it was one of the NHL games that said notable players and Pavel Datsuk was one of ours. I was like, that's really hilarious out of context. But um, mine, I'm going to say it, boys. Mine's Pavel Datsuk. Uh, being a part-time Red Wings fan, growing up a fan of both, watching both my whole life, uh, Datsuk's definitely just been a favorite of all time. To see him in a Cardi's uniform would just have been just amazing. I would have bought a jersey. In fact, I thought about as a joke making one. You know, the custom one would have his name just just for the hilarity of it. I haven't. I probably should have, but... It's not too late. Get a reverse retro. Reverse retro. There we go. That'd be (laughs) amazing. That'd be amazing. If I can somehow do it, I will pull it off. If I can somehow get that done, I will try. But hold me to it. I will try it. I'm going to hold you to that. 
Good. I'll, I'll do it. Um, so I have a, another one. I have a blank Kachina from the 90s. Maybe I can somehow Frankenstein oh, it. Do I don't it, there, yeah. it. Yeah. So I don't want to somehow, it's like a double. It's like he not only did he Frankenstein a 90s original jersey, he also put Datsuk on it. So the ultimate party foul there. So I would the page. look into it. I look into it for sure. I mean, there's definitely probably people out there that could get, you can get in touch with that could stitch on the numbers. If you could find the right font numbers and the right colors and everything, if you could find that stuff, look on eBay, like look for the, I know you can go on eBay and find like Jersey patches from like probably the Kachina era and all that. And if you could find one of those and then number patches and find or the letter patches and find all the correct letters to spell that Zook, Find someone who'd be willing to stitch that thing on there for you for cheap. Get it done, because that would be hilarious. Right, I know. I think it would be. Especially with this all on Reddit, they have that Jersey Foul subreddit. And I'm like, man, I'll know I'll make that page 100%. Yes. I'll be on there like yep. six times. It'd be amazing. So but that's mine, obviously. So that's, uh, that's it, boys. Do you have any closing remarks before we uh, kind of go home for the day? Yeah, I mean, just as always, uh, thanks to everybody who tunes in and listens. Uh, we definitely appreciate you. Uh, appreciate talking hockey with you boys and obviously huge thanks to our special guest tonight haynes uh, i mean it was a pleasure man uh, your knowledge and writing is impressive and i'm excited to you know continue the relationship have you on multiple times in the future see if we can build something and uh you know always love talking hockey with you man i i i appreciate it, it really does mean a lot that you guys allowed me this opportunity to come on here i don't get to talk hockey much with people on a podcast level for people around the world about to hear me and for you guys to give me the shot really means a lot to me and i would would love to be back on y'all's podcast anytime whenever y'all want literally next week every week after i will be on anytime y'all want me to to talk hockey with y'all i still got to do my mike smith piece with y'all so y'all gotta have me back on for that at least you gotta have me back on for the why i hate mike smith piece (laughs) <laughs> but other than that, I would love to be back on the show anytime you guys want me to. I really appreciate everything, though, and for I'm appreciative of all the people that come out and listen to us. And I love that you all have this show. Anybody out there needs to listen to these guys. These guys know hockey. They know what they're talking about. They're one of your best areas to go to for anything Coyotes. So you guys need to listen to them. Everybody listening now, tell your friends to listen to these guys. And thank you again, guys, and I hope to be back on. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. It was a blast having you on tonight. Um, one, of the, one of the most fun pods we've had in a while, which I think we say that every pod now. Every pod just yeah, better. I think so. But, uh, but yeah, it was a blast having you on, man. It, it really was. Definitely look forward to next time. And thank you all for listening. Thank you all for listening to us talk hockey for an hour or so. It's a blast, and it's one of the highlights of our week. We'll be keeping them up well during the off season and with some more random topics, but we'll be coming at you still. Yep. Uh, that's like they all said, we'll definitely be making more off season content here and there. We don't know if it'll be weekly or not, but and that's the show. Uh Trip and Yoni signing out. Till next time. Have a good one.